Thank you for listening to Therapy for Guys. My name is Kike Autry, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Katy, Texas. In this podcast, I want to explore the issues that men stay silent about, our struggles with anxiety and depression, our relationship issues, obstacles that we face with a diagnosis like ADHD or autism or OCD, and our big existential crises, those related to spirituality and religion, to larger cultural realities, and to the question of the meaning of life. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to learn more about me, I would encourage you to check out my website. You can find it at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. And as always, remember, continue the conversation. This episode of the podcast, I speak with my good friend Jay Baker. Jay is a speaker, author, and he leads the Revolution Gathering in Seattle, Washington. He's also the co-host alongside Helen Rollins of the new podcast project, St. Tammy. In this episode, we discuss one of our favorite Protestant German theologians, Paul Tillich. We look at Martin Luther King Jr. and his theology and philosophy and what he has to say to us today. We talk about the recent school shooting in Nashville and just how fucked up everything has been in light of that. And we really land on the importance of not only grace, but love. That really is the question today. Where's the love? And that's what we're looking at. That's what we're talking about. And so I hope that you are touched by this episode. I hope that you Think about it deeply and and figure out a way to embody the love that's missing because that's what our world needs. Guys, please share this episode. Talk about it with your friends. Uh, leave the podcast a rating and a review. And as always, continue the conversation.
Yeah, just like people are nuts right now. I guess we could get into it. Okay, <laughs> let's just let's just dive into it, man. Yeah. Well, so I was just on Twitter, and it was like, oh man, it's like people are just. I don't know. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's def- like half the people are defending guns and other people are saying we need to do mental health stuff. But these are the same people who don't want Medicare for all or, you know, don't want us to have health care. So it's just it's really confusing. Sorry. I don't know if that's a good place. Probably not the best place to start. But <laughs> no, I, I think it's I'm I think really it's the place to start. Overwhelmed there. No, I'm, I'm, okay. I've been feeling overwhelmed lately <laughs> as well. And, and it sounds like we're similar in that we probably have people on our feeds that are on radically different sides and we probably see it all. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my, you know, my group revolution, um, you know, it's just, I mean, I've got a lot of progressive liberal friends who are, you know, who own guns, but it's just, it's, sure. I have kids. So my kids right now kind of Trump. You know, I have a, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and all I can think about is like, you know, what would I, how would I, what would I do if somebody walked into my kid's school and killed them? Yeah. And then the fact that that's very well could happen, and the fact that, you know, these weapons, you know, that were on the streets. Like, I'm not against. Like, I don't think we should have completely have a ban on guns. But I also think like these folks were like, well, how are we going to defend ourselves against tyranny? I'm like, against tyranny, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that's that ship sailed a long time ago. Like, yeah. you know, like, um, if the government wants to do something to you, they will do. They'll blow your phone up or something. I don't know. I, it's just, it's a lot to take in as a parent. You know, and it's wild because I have friends who are single and stuff and they will like to try to intellectualize it and stuff. But it just, you know, for me, just having such young kids and having to explain to them like what's going on when they come home from school because, you know, they hear about it from their friends. Yeah. And uh, it's it's uh, it's really heartbreaking. It's it's really you know, and the thing is, it, it, it's it's so strange that when you have something like these, you know, I remember sitting down with my congregation and talking about Columbine, what, 20 years ago? Wow. You know, and thinking like this was, you know, this is going to be a one-time thing, you know, and because a lot of the kids who were coming to Revolution back then were, you know, teenagers and still in high school and stuff like that. And so sure. we were, you know, talking about that kind of stuff and hoping, you know. And I also think about like Rodney King happening, what, 30 some odd years ago? Mm-hmm, you know, and it's 90s. like these things. Yeah. I mean, these things aren't, these things don't, haven't stopped. Right. You know, like the Democrats have been in control. The concert, you know, the Republicans have been in control. You know, nobody stopped any of this shit from happening. So it's just one of those things where you start to feel crazy. And then you see like, you know, I saw this conservative politician yesterday saying like, oh, well, we can't do anything about it because it's more to do with people than it is with guns, mm. you know. And then the president yesterday says, well, really, I can't do anything. This was a congressman. So then the president's like, well, there's nothing I can do unless Congress decides to help. So it's just like, you know, and we're paying, you know, I'm all over the place right now, but I'm just because I'm really frustrated. Um, yeah. 
you know, and, you know, we put all this money towards a war in another country, you know? Right. And it's just like, it just seems like this, like you start to feel like everything's kind of built on blood and on war. And then you start mm. to look into the, see who these politicians own stock in, you know, these weapon manufacturing companies. Yes. And you're going like, well, of course there's nothing they can do about it. You know what I mean? They're in the pockets of these people. Absolutely. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we're living in like a 1970s conspiracy theory oh film. Oh my gosh, that's that's you a good know? way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like a TV movie. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's like that bad. Like yes. it's that badly written. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like soil like green. It's people. It's you people. know, it's like <laughs> that bad. You know, can, can I say where I get frustrated too? You know, even a, like as a as a quote unquote mental health professional. When when people and I'm even seeing people on the right now saying, "Oh, it's a mental health issue." <sighs> what if mental health isn't just <laughs> problems inside a person's skull, but it it points to you know kind of a larger sickness of society, right? You know that there's larger structural issues, economic problems, you know issues around bullying and 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 just feeling alienated from others that that is kind of mental health stuff too. And that shit needs to be addressed. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, you think about it, like I do the work that I love, Yes, you know, but one of the hardest things about doing this work is that, you know, I'm always like three months or two months from being broke. Mm. You know what I mean? Dude, that and must I'm be one, tough. It's scary. It's, it's fuck, really scary. I'm sure that's fucking scary. You know, and I don't have a savings or anything like that. And I have kids that I'm responsible for, you know, and so it's like you try to balance it. You know, mm -hmm. you try to balance it and keep that balance. I mean, I, I'm all for like if I need to go get a job at, you know, Starbucks or the grocery store or something like because I'm not really trained for much more than like what I do, unfortunately. Um, but but so, it, 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 you know, living in that kind of mindset. And then realizing like, oh, if I have one medical emergency, like I don't have dental mm. right now. And I had to like a year ago, I didn't have dental because I got eye insurance instead. <laughs> I had to have a tooth pulled. It was 700 bucks. You know what I mean? It's like I'm literally one medical emergency away from being bankrupt. Mm. And I'm not the only person like that. You know, right, like right. millions of Americans are dealing with this kind of thing. Like groceries are getting more expensive, you know. There's talk of nuclear war and we just keep supporting war and keep putting money into like war machines and things like that. But none of it, you know, but now homelessness is growing. Yes. You know, everywhere you get, I have, there's camps all over, you know, Washington of like homeless. You see people sick. You see. So when you're taking all this in and then you hear like threats of nuclear war, we've just lived through like a pandemic. Mm. You know, this is wearing, I mean, I see it on my kids. Like I see my kid, like my daughter's five years old and I can see how she struggles with this idea of like having to go through this pandemic, Yeah, you know, and like what the, like the masks and all these things did to like to them and kind of scared them, Sure, you right. know? And, um, and so it's, you know, it's like, yeah, of course there's going to be mental health issues. You know, if people are afraid they're going to be bankrupt you know, in a couple of weeks or, you know, they could be homeless in a few weeks, you know, you could lose your kids, you know, you could, you know, your kids are afraid, 
you know, um, the government, I mean, the political parties are so split, you yeah. know, like we've, we're such a divided nation and it's weird because I'm at the point where I'm, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I've never been a Republican, but, um, I don't, I've lost faith in the democratic party. Mm. You know, I don't feel like there's much of a difference. I feel like they, they major in minors. And so they, they, you know, these groups, they kind of go, Oh, you know, they, they make a lot of good the virtue signaling. So of yes. course it's like, well, of course I'm going to go with the Democrats because they care about these people, you know, but do they ultimately care about all people? You know, and that's right. the things I have a problem with both sides is like, well, what about the poor, you know, because, you know, or medical care or gun violence, you know what I mean? Cause gun violence doesn't care if you're Republican or if you're transgender or if, you know what I mean? Poverty doesn't care about that. You know, uh, mental health is going to probably be in, in, in all of us are going to struggle with mental health issues as well. So it's, it's just, you know, it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really overwhelming, you know, and just trying to get these groups to sit down and talk to each other and have sensible talk mm. rather than having their minds made up of like, well, this is where I stand, you know, and, and it's, this is the party, you know, and, or whatever. It's sure. like, no, sure. you know, this isn't, it's not, that binary it's not that black and white there's going to be contradictions here absolutely and and let's sit down you know yeah i'm sure there's mental health issues and but the fact is is like these like you know why are, are like, there well, no mental health issues right <laughs> yeah i mean it's so crazy like this guy was like you gotta you know it's all about mental health i'm like well then why was why aren't we doing more about background checks for guns like it's still right. things have to be done with guns like maybe a therapist, maybe you should have to see a therapist before you can get a gun. Right. I mean, this recent, this, this, this shooting, this woman, she bought, she had six or seven guns in her house that she bought legally. Yeah. So obviously the two, if the two are, if one is one, they're both intertwined one yeah, way or the other. Absolutely. You know what I mean, so it's not like you can get away with, you know, um, well, it's just mental health. Well, then why can I, you know, I could go buy a gun and I've been in the mental hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously there's issues here. There's, there's big, big issues. And uh, anyway, that's my two cents right now. I appreciate your two cents. Okay. So I, I just have, I mean, different paths that I wanted us to follow. I, I guess the, yeah, first, let's go. the first one that's just coming up and, and man, I try so hard, like in the spirit of, of, of your mom and, and so many of the people that, that we admire to, to not scapegoat and create yes. kind of this enemy thing. But lately I've really been just sickened by, and I know you've mentioned him in sermons, I, I guess his name is Mark Driscoll, who I never yeah. really followed in the past. So I don't know much about him, but I've, I've kind of been disgusted by the way that he's linked, I guess, his disdain for transgendered people and that whole movement with the latest shooting. And I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that how you feel about the guy or kind of if he represents a larger strand within a type of Christianity that's out well, there now. Well, it's strange as Mark Driscoll's really kind of a has been, okay. you know, I mean, he was more of part of like culture in, I guess like 10 years ago. Okay. He was a Calvinist, neo-Calvinist pastor out here in Seattle, Washington. Mm. and had a huge church called Mars Hill and had a huge movement of youth, young people, you know, and like the yada young men. And it was like, 
women should be in the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. You know, like bare, really, barefoot like, and pregnant kind of shit. Yeah, no, I mean, really, like women can't lead. Women can't do this. Um, you know, he is. I think he's someone who needs attention. Mm. Like, I just don't I can't I, honestly like I don't. You know, usually Calvinists are really smart. Like, they're not the nicest people in the world because their theology is so <laughs> judgmental, very harsh. Yeah, you know, like yeah. God half of humanity sent to, to burn hell. in hell. <laughs> yeah, and God chose this group to be okay. You know, and you know, and and then you know, and women can't be leadership. You know, and they, you know, it's very and black it's and like, white. It's very black and white. It's very rigid. Rigid. Yeah, I don't that's subscribe a good to it. There are, I mean, there are Calvinists that I like. There are Calvinists, you know, there are readers who, who who have some of that, you know, I mean, writers who have some of that, that I, that I like, you know, I mean, Martin Luther had some of that and uh, there's this writer, Steve Brown, that I like a lot and he's Calvinist, you know, so there's guys I like, you know, it's not like there are, but, but, you know, he was, Mark Driscoll was just like, you know, he's just like this, he's kind of a bully, you know, he's a bully and he's he comes mean. across as a bully. And I, the sad thing though for this is what I think is is Driscoll. I think is so desperate now for attention mm. that he has become very anti-gay. Like that's now his thing. Yeah. Like before, it was like gender roles. Okay. You know, and and like cussing and like being like, well, that's just the way it is, and being conservative kind of thing. But it's like now it's like his his theology has changed. He's more of an evangelical now. He's mm. left kind of that more you know that mainline denomination gone more evangelical okay but i think he's just like i think he needs the attention and i think he finds like the way he finds attention is through being mean and angry and judgmental and bullying people i i don't know if he really believes the stuff that he preaches or not i okay. don't know him okay you know i know he started out kind of in a lot of the same circles that i ran in for a while you know until people started to realize he was such a the judgmental guy. I know I've re let's put it this way. I've met like a handful of people who went through his church here in Seattle. Okay. And all of them are a mess because of mm. it. All of their lives are screwed up and hurt. And he definitely comes up every time I see them. And you Got know you. how how horrible their lives have been because of you know like what he did and it, and he didn't really do anything except he was just really not a nice person. You know, he's mm. just kind of a mean just person. A yeah, I guess so, you know, and, and I don't like to like, you know, I don't like to talk shit about people, you know, no, I try not Jay, to. I, I, I don't either. So I, I hope that wasn't yeah. too harsh. You know, I, yeah, I, again, no, but I, it, I don't it, want to scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to scapegoat him, but he is part of the problem. You know, he is, he is an issue. He is, he to me is you know that's why i don't even like to recognize him very often mm. but he's been upsetting me a little bit lately just because i've seen him say some things that are extraordinarily cruel and extraordinarily uh heterosexist um but at the same time it's like there's a lot of traditional christianity there you know i mean but mm. there he's gone he's going very like westboro baptist style in some ways, seriously, but that Westboro Baptist stuff does come out of a type of Christianity. I mean, that's the mm. thing is like, you know, it's like, I feel like 
what he's saying is what what a big part of the church believes or thinks he just says it you know mm. and it's not it's not covered with flowers so in some ways it's almost like you know you at least you see it you know what i mean at least sure. it's it's obvious sure. at least it's transparently there he's Got not you. pretending to be something he's not pretending to be compassionate or loving sure um dude so in 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 on twitter and it's interesting, like, I don't know why I do this to myself. I'll sometimes just go and, and read his stuff and Jordan Peterson. I, I don't follow them, but but I, but I, it's like I, you know, I'm sure Freud would say this is I part of my death drive. I have to Jordan Peterson. Okay. Like, I, 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 and my wife just thinks I'm I'm crazy, but I, I kind of torture myself with conservative stuff like that sometimes. I'm not sure why. Um, I'm sure Pete Rollins would, you know, psychoanalyze me. But, you know, in, in his last video, he... <laughs> He talks about how what happened in Nashville was demonic and his theological reasoning is angels and demons are non-gendered creatures and demons in their demonic activity want people, you know, humans who should be male and fe- male or female yeah. to be non-gendered. And so therefore, I mean, that's just, it was that's demonic. Like, that's a fucking insane. Yeah, but I mean, like you shouldn't even, I, I would say block it. Okay. Block it. This is my advice. And this is why. <laughs> Because that's insanity. Okay. <laughs> that's that's mental health issues. That's somebody who spent too much time. Like, I believe there's a spiritual realm of some sort, but I don't believe it's like angels and demons. and You know, it's not like the action figures or Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> or like a sci-fi movie. And sure. I mean, this, you know, and this is how he sees it. And, you know, if he's a true believer and that's what he believes, I mean, that's very interesting. You know, I mean, that's weird. But, you really know, weird, but it's like, you know, and the weird thing is these guys are taking, picking this stuff up all because there was pronouns in a, in, in the Facebook of the, sh- the shooters, Facebook. So mm. people don't even, we don't even know the facts yet. Mm. And we're already like, and that's what we often do with the media, no matter what, whether it's left or right, everybody jumps point. on whatever facts that serve them the best. Yes. And that's why it's best to take time with things and look into things and really study what's happening and what's going on. And there's always a few sides to each story. Nothing's black or white. You know, like I have to remember that because if I was to just black, like my parents were seen as black and white. So they were seen as just mm. bad and, oh, they're greedy, you know, and now my mom's seen as good. You know, it's like there's nuances. Everybody has nuances. Um you know, like I remember there were some people who were attacking Mark Driscoll's kids and I went online and said, this is no unacceptable. This is not what you do. You know, like that's off that you don't do that. Like that has nothing to do with his theology. That has nothing to do with his work. We're not disagreeing there, you know? So, Mm. um, you know, so I don't know. I, I think there has to be room for nuances there, but I really think like what, people like mark driscoll are saying is just off you know i mean i think that's you know but i mean and and jordan peterson but you know he's he's an that guy's really interesting character um but yeah i just you know i i i try like you know i i I try not to read things that make going to make me unnecessarily angry and make me irrationally angry, you know, because there's enough out there. Like these shootings make me irrationally angry. 
like the gun thing makes me angry and i happen to believe that guns are a big problem in this country yeah you know um you know and and so like i just don't think there's any need for automatic rifles to be on the you know these like ar-15s to be out there it's just insane and um and these are these guns are almost exclusively used in all these shootings you know right um you know they can carry a lot of bullets and they can fire a lot of bullets and um you know and here you think about it like this person who who you know who probably went to this christian school and maybe was even hurt by this christian school but then goes in and kills students i mean it just doesn't make any it's just such a sad 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 situation um and then you guys have then we have people like driscoll saying well it's devils and the demons you know and then we have other oh that's the mental health oh it's the guns it's like you know everybody there's probably a combination right of things here and if we could just sit down and have these conversations it's hard not to get caught up in the binary thinking and the black and white thinking of like well if the republicans would just get their shit together you know or if the democrats would just get their shit you know i was like we all want you know and it was funny because the argument this guy would i mean literally just right before i got on here was saying to me he's like it's about mental health blah blah, blah. i'm like i agree we need to do mental health and that's why i support um medicare for all you know right. and then of course they don't support medicare for all right. you know so it's like <laughs> oh know, yeah it's like <laughs> so it's really funny because it's like you you know you got like this thing like okay well if it's then can we have health insurance if it's about mental health or sure least, you know well can we and, and and i you know again going back to a, a previous point where i get frustrated when people go the whether that's the left or the right when they go the mental health route, I think people don't realize that a lot of quote unquote mental health is just helping people better adapt to a sick and broken system. Yeah. And 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 that actually makes their mental health worse. Yeah, I mean, we're in a system that's going like promising us happiness <laughs> through buying <laughs> yeah. stuff. Right. You know, we're addicted to these our phones. Dude, this is yeah. a problem, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it's much worse than it was when I was a kid, you know? Like, all this, like, information and every, seeing everybody's opinions. Like, I really have to work hard not to read comments because it's mm. you do just become irrational and you become heated in the moment. Yes. And, um, I mean, Pete's really, my friend Pete Rollins is really good at, like, not getting into that stuff and trying mm. to, you know, really trying to step back and see a broader picture. Um, but I'm not always that way, but at the same time, that's just who I am. I'm not yeah. him and he's not me. And sure. so you kind of have to be who you are. Um, but I am all about choosing your battles wisely. Um, I just, I feel like we're losing empathy for each other. Yes. You know, and of course, like mental health care is to help people live in a world like this. Like I'm, like I find, like going to my analyst, I'm really learning how to have to live in, in a system that a lot of people find, like a lot of people are able to live in. But for someone like me, it's just harder to mm. to to be in this system because I have different values. Sure. And um, and not that my values are better than anybody else's values. They're just different, you know. So it's really hard for me to like um live 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is an in, like it's a crazy world. It's it's like when you see people getting killed every day, you know, all over the world, you know, or you see people like you see people in America arguing about issues like we see our everybody fighting over LGBTQ issues, you know, and then you find like in in like it, it, in what is it, in South Africa now in Uganda is it like if you, if you can't even say you're gay or you go to jail right yeah I mean so you and you go like oh my god look what these people are suffering and then yeah. we're over here acting like we've lost you know what I mean we it's just like there's just all this suffering happening everywhere mm. and and it's hard to keep it into perspective you know it's overwhelming and and we've talked about it before is like you also see like there's uh, you know uh, men uh, are really suffering right now and like feel like they're losing their place in society in the United States. Absolutely. And um and it's weird to see usually the bleeding hearts now are not, are the ones who are going like give me a break. Oh, what are men not getting Cis-gendered enough attention? white men, you know, fuck them. Yeah, so you've got that going on too, you know, and I'm like, well shit, you know, like at what point do we start to have empathy for people? Like right. just like we realize we're all people. Like, you know, if you know, it's so funny that the people who are like cisgendered all of a sudden like want to judge someone by their gender. Oh, poor, you know, are not going to cisgender, by, you know, by non-binary things. And, oh, poor white cis male. You're going like, <laughs> like, are we all like, how do we do this to each other? Like, mm. like, how do we, it's like we, we just, we return anger for anger. Mm. And uh, I think that's what we've got to learn to not do is like, be so judgmental and learn to be compassionate towards people who are hurting, you mm. know, and um, help carry each other's burdens. I mean, that's what the apostle Paul talks about in Galatians is like, be gentle and humble and help people up. So I'm saying like, help, you know, uh, help your LGBTQ brothers and sisters, but also help your cisgender brothers and, you know, and your straight sisters and, you know, let's, let's carry each other. Yes. you know and um and have compassion for each other uh, i think politicians and, and and corporations and things like that win when we're divided i think like you know that's what i mean that's kind of what social media specializes in is kind of oh, like yeah. this kind of division that's a great it's a great this, point yeah and it's like you know you know we've got billionaires who've got us all divided we've got politicians who are out of touch and who are taking bribes from, or maybe not considered bribes, but still considered <laughs> donations or whatever, from Big Pharma, you know, the NRA, uh, weapons manufacturing companies. Right. Uh, you know, they're making money. They have stock in war, you know, like, you know, companies that value off get money from war. You know, like there's this conflict sure. of interests all over the place, you know, and, and so like, they're like it's like we're allowing these our overlords to divide us when they're just getting rich over our division and they're just getting security over our division mm. and they're just kind of watching the whole world burn from you know up above and um maybe it's not as you know maybe it's not like well uh, uh, as that because sure. everybody like, compromises over times and things like that but it's still the fact that we're allowing these folks to divide us you know and like how many people like when I say stuff like both parties, like I always try to bring in both sides, yeah. 
Yeah. Because I don't want to scapegoat anybody. Same here. But it's amazing to me now how it used to be like Republicans who would come after me and tell me that, you know, oh, the Democrats are of the devil, blah, blah, blah. But now when I throw in both parties, it's usually angry Democrats who come in and angry liberals who come in and be like, how dare you say this? They want we wanted to do this or like we're talking about guns and someone's like, well, they try to change the tax child care thing. You know, like they go off the rails. Sure. Like, and it starts sure. to make sense. Oh, yeah. And now it's like Democrats are violently like it's like party before people. Dude. So it's like both sides are party for people, you know, uh, and that's like I, I retweeted like, somebody the other day, but I was nervous to do it. And their basic point was just we need to build bridges instead of throwing grenades. Yeah, they, they, they were talking about this experiment where they sat together with people that were pro gun and those were anti gun. And they actually in deep conversations were able to kind of move a little bit in the in the in the kind of middle position, which I thought was a little bit of progress. But in, in retweeting that, I thought, fuck, what if some liberal person, you know, tells me that's horrible to build a bridge. We do need to blow up people and, you know, throw the grenades. And I thought, God, there's something sick about this. Well, it does happen. It happens to me a lot. The more I've tried to be a bridge builder and a peacemaker, the more I've seen that that's not necessarily what people want. Mm. Um, it did get Jesus killed. Yeah, no, it did. <laughs> It's just it's just really frustrating for me because I I grew up quite honestly like I grew up in in my teenage years thinking like the conservatives and the and the you know were the bad guys sure you know and that they're the ones you know who hurt my family and then mm. you know now I'm looking back and I started looking you know over time and I on my I have a personal family Facebook page and started seeing some of the people who really helped my parents go through a lot of this near the you know when everything fell apart, the people who stuck by. And I'm like, those weren't mainline people. Those were like evangelical Christians who just really had compassion for my parents sure. who are also conservatives, you know? And so you just go like, you can't really separate people that way. Right. You know, because also there was a lot of like, you know, liberals were like, Oh, they get what they deserve, you know, or, Oh, your parents are so trashy, you know, or whatever, mm. you know, oh, they don't really know proper theology, you know, and it's like, you know, so it's like there, you just can't scapegoat anybody because, you know, everybody can, you know, everybody has a, you know, the, 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 the potential of being kind or being jerk, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know, one of the things I, I said to this guy I was arguing with on, on, on Twitter, which is just arguing on Twitter is such a bullshit thing to do. And I don't need, I hate when I fall into it. It was just that mm. it was early this morning that I fell into it. Got you. But I said, you know, do you think like, yeah, I, I think I said this earlier, but I said, do you think the shooter checks for your NRA membership or your party, you know? And um, because it's become so much about that, you mm. know, and it's like, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't like doing, I don't like arguing online, but also I just don't like this, like the separation in, uh, you know, this, this way we've just so allowed politics to define who we are. Right. And like, I mean, we made masks into something that was political. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, we've turned everything into politics at this point. And it's, it's so like, so strange. It's like, you know, it's like their football 
teams or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, we're like, you know, or sports teams. And so, I never really got into sports. Yeah, I no, I didn't either. Like, uh, yeah. teams or competition was never my thing. And I feel like that's I, like what we just live in is like this competitive thing. But I don't know. I've really lost hope in the government. Mm. I've lost hope in the the left and I've lost hope in the right. And a lot of my left friends are like, well, look what they've, you know, look what we've done for, you know, this community and that community. I'm like, yeah, but, but it's like crumbs from the table, Ooh. you know, and it's, it's wild how easy we get used to crumbs from the table. You know, I was watching, Damn. Uh, uh, I was watching this, this, the, what, what's the show on HBO? Uh, it's a political show. Oh, with John Stewart. Yeah, no, it wasn't John Stewart. It was um, the guy used to do politically incorrect. You remember his name? No, I don't. Okay, now he's on HBO. But anyway, okay. he um, Bill Maher. Bill Maher, yeah, 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 that's right. So okay. Bill Maher was was doing this thing, and it was with Russell Brand, and they were talking about mm. um, uh, Obamacare and uh, the Affordable Care Act, and. You know, it was funny to watch these two guys arguing because neither one of them need it. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. England, so, <laughs> you know, and they're arguing over it. And and, and um, Bill Maher is like, well, you know, I mean, some people are alive. And I mean, that's nothing to be shake a stick at. But I'm looking, they're going like, Bill Maher doesn't realize, like, the Affordable Care Act is not great. Right. Like, I'm on it. And I have to pay a lot to, to be on it. Mm. And if I go to the hospital, I still have to pay a big chunk of money before it even kicks in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I'm still going to go bankrupt. So, yeah, I'm alive, but now I'm homeless. You know, and I'm like, but watching these two guys argue about it, I'm like, neither one of these guys, like one guy thinks it's awful. The other guy thinks it's great. I'm like, guys, it's it's got nuances, but it's it's both. It's kind of so that's so good, man. You know, and so it's really, you know, but I I think Russell Brand did make a good point is like we get used to these crumbs from the table is one of the Mm. things he said. And it's true. You know, it's like. You know, I I, we go I go over and you know to 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 belfast a lot and, and you know my friends tell me they're able to just go when they're sick and go to the doctors and do not pay anything and you know they also have the pain of having to wait long for surgeries and things like that sure. but it's it's just you know this it's a tough world like i i you know like i want i go to an analyst but i have to take it this month off from seeing my analyst yeah. because I can't afford to see my analyst mm. because my insurance that I have doesn't cover that type of therapy. You know, right. only certain types of therapy are covered by it, you know? Right. So it's like, here's the thing is people are all, it's so funny when you see conservatives start talking about, because they just don't want to talk about gun control. So they're like, oh, it's mental health. Mental health. It's <laughs> fucking like, hilarious. Sure, you know? You know, and it's just like, well, you guys don't give a damn about mental health. They you don't. don't want health care. You don't like, like, this is the, like, at least say it's about something that you want to fit that you could that, that that you guys are going to provide to help us with you know sure. what i mean you know but even the democrats have you know you can tell as soon as they get into the big big pharma's pocket right like nancy pelosi was like oh medicare for all and all of a sudden she's like no you know i think the single payer plan's a better idea you know and then you all of a sudden you realize oh she's being supported by exactly you know, by the insurance companies are, are, are paying for her to run, you know, and helping her, you know, uh, by inside, do insider trading. You know, right. I mean, it's seriously like, it's like, so I like Democrats do it too. You oh, know, yeah. it's oh, like, yeah. all the, I mean, Hillary Clinton was the same way. Like she was like, Oh, Medicare, 
you know, and then all of a sudden she's like, well, maybe it's the single, you know, you're going like, really? Mm. Like, it, it, it's like all these folks are for sale. And I don't know, maybe if I was a politician and it's like Medicare for all. And then they came up and were like, we can make sure you have Medicare for the rest of your life. Mr. <laughs> Baker. You shut the hell up. Maybe I would be like, okay. Mm. Um, so Jake, can I ask, this is amazing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're connecting and just kind of like exploring these topics. I think one thing I want you to help me with is, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I've, I've been in Christianity. I'm, I'm kind of out of it at some level, yep. but I'm, I'm just curious how it can be a resource for us. Um, I know there's not one type of Christianity. You know, maybe you could even speak to some figures that are important to both of us, like Martin Luther King Jr. and Paul Tillich. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, you just said, right, you've lost hope in certain political parties, when yeah. I access your material, it doesn't seem that you've lost hope in certain strands of Christianity. And, and I'm wondering no, I, if you could speak yeah. to that and, and how that shit might help us in our current state. Well, and here's the thing is like, for me, what I found is like, I don't have like a traditional sense, well, an American traditional sense of Christianity. Okay. You know, um, but at the same point, like we were talking about someone like Mark Driscoll earlier. I mean, I won't, I'm not here to judge his salvation by any means. Sure. But I would say what he practices is not Christianity at all. Mm. You know, and I don't mean that in a horrible, judgmental, like, right. preacher with that he's going straight to hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just mean, like, he's not practicing the teachings of Christ mm. or Paul. Like, and I'm sure he probably uses Paul a lot, but I have a feeling he uses, uh, pseudo paul or reactionary paul mm. uh more than he does paul and so i don't see like and and, and like the fruit of the spirits in his life at all mm. okay so that's the way you know it says the seed you know peace patience kindness joyfulness sure. you know that, that's the type of things <laughs> don't seem to be bleeding through his 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 world um so so for me i mean i think dr king would see this as 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 a, a horrific call to to radical, like I think we would be probably on the streets protesting mm. and practicing nonviolence and talking in action. I think it would be we'd be have a call to action because a call to action. Yeah, because I I think you know like Dr. King. The cool thing about Dr. King was like, and before he passed away, he did the poor people's campaign. Mm. You know, man, he was working with these sanitation workers who were on strike. You know, and and I think, you know, he he, he was anti-war. And right. he, he talked a lot about like how we have guided missiles and misguided men. Mm. You know, and I think when you start to see the children are being like just like thirteen school shootings this year, the okay? children are being gunned down. Yeah, the children are being gunned down. You know, Mexican children, white children, black children, all children. This this says that there is something horrifically wrong with our country. Yes. When it's something that's capable of us that we could stop. Yes. Even if it's, you know, if it's either taking the guns away or making, you know, turning the, you know, the schools into like basically prisons that there's only one way in and one way out. Mm. You know what I mean? To, to, right. to protect children. Like, but there's gotta be something that, that, you know, like, like I think he would see that our society has uh, the soul of our society has become bankrupt. I yes. think Dr. King would say that, 
I think it would probably be the top of his agenda. From my, from what I understand of reading his word, like I think this would be like this is the agenda. This is what we have to like. It would be, it wouldn't be just a highlight. It would be like we this, we can't allow these the children to die. You mm-hmm. know, like they mm-hmm. are the hope of you know the end of racism, end of this, end of class. You know right. what I mean? Like these right. are the type. Like right. these children are the, you know, they're they're the the ones we're building this foundation on. I'm trying to build a better world for. So I, I honestly think that that would I think Dr. King would 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 be calling us to action, mm. um, to speak out, and, and and that's why I've been speaking out a little bit to be honest with you, because I've been thinking about like from my readings of Dr. King, you know, and um, as my my what I do and what I believe, and and um, yeah, it's crazy that we. we we're arguing about protecting the innocent. Like to me, it's like, okay, if it's the mentally ill, then let's do something about it. You know, I'm mentally ill. So let's, you know, let's do something about it. Yeah. If it's guns, let's do something about it. Like, I don't care what your damn politics are. I don't want children to die. Right. You know, I don't think children shouldn't be dying this way. You know, I hate the fact that my kids have to have freaking gun drills, you know, and, and that the people are, you know, like, I, like, like they have to have that type of like damage in their brain to think like, and the teachers try to call it other things. So it's not as scary and things like that. It doesn't cause, right. but it's a necessary trauma because someone could walk in yes, and do that. So they have to have that trauma, but man, it's, it's it, my, my youngest son is, is almost nine years old. I mean, it could have been him. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. You know? And it's like, I don't know. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that we're divided. We're so divided about it that we don't do anything. Mm. You know, it, it reminds me like that, that saying, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Yeah. Like it's like, it's being like, we've become so politically minded. We're no worldly good. Oh, that's good. You know, did you, you know, that? yeah. Or <laughs> just, we're just no good to each other. There's, yeah. it's like, we're not doing anything, right. you know? And and I, I shouldn't be tempted to, like, every, when a guy goes, oh, it's about mental health, not guns. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, fuck you. That's what right, I want to say. Right. Now, that's not going to get us anywhere. But that's how, the, that's the hostility that's built up around this whole issue, you know. And I have to say, great, I'm grateful for people's work like Peter Rollins and, 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 and Hegel and Helen uh, Rollins and, 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 you know, and Dr. King and things, because these folks have caused me to step back and not do that. Mm. It's so funny. Like I wouldn't have ever thought like my Irish philosopher friend who constantly <laughs> takes the piss out of me um, <laughs> would have also taught me the ideal of being patient. Mm. Like one of the first about being patient and not counting the chickens before they hatch and not judging, like right. not judging. Absolutely. You know, like, like you know, the guy who does the the uh, atheism for Lent taught me how to not judge. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's you know, like in a real, in a really, in a bigger sense, mm-hmm. it was having a bigger look. So it's like this radical theology that, you, so in a bigger sense, you back up and you go, oh, when I see the bigger picture, this is why I'm not judging. So it's like taking the words of Christ and the words of the Apostle Paul and people like this, and actually even made it more. Um, uh, what is the word? more uh, more valid but more valid mm. in, in today's society so now when 
you know, so today I didn't recommend, I didn't say F you, you know, I mean, I wasn't the kindest with my response, but I wasn't horrible with my response there you either. Go. Baby because, steps. Yeah, it is baby steps. But you know, one of the things I try to teach, one of my main goals is show grace mm. and argue well. And, 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 you know, and so let's argue well, let's disagree well, and let's come together and have these tough conversations. I love that. And that's what we need to do. And rather than like the media, like, well, we can't, like, I mean, seeing the politicians say we can't do anything. Mm. Like, well, why don't you guys shut up and stop doing these interviews and sit down and have conversations? Because what I'm worried about is as soon as like we have a few more weeks without school shootings, we're not going to be talking about it anymore. Right. Until somebody else walks in with a gun and kills a bunch of kids. kids. Yeah. You know, or a bunch of adults. I mean, it's mm. like, I mean, one week it's a grocery store with, you know, all black right. being shot. You know, right. it's this racist thing. And then it's in a school and then it's in a church. It's in a synagogue. Then it's in somebody's office. Like it just like something has broken in people's minds where they're so angry at the world. They're so angry and so hurt, mm. you know. That they're just saying, like, I'm going to go out, but I'm going to take people with me because I hate it here. Yes. Because I hate what this society is doing to me. And when you have to live in this consistent fear of being homeless, you know, we're supposedly in the greatest country in the world. But when I think about homelessness, I don't think about, oh, well, I at least have a place to sleep. You know right. I mean? No, I'd, I think about the tents underneath the highway. Yeah. You know? And and so, like, we're, we're not solving issues in this in this country that really matter to people sure you know so like for me like you know i'm i'm glad we can help support wars a million miles away but i really wish we could support poor people in this country yes. black white you know hispanic asian all, you know i wish we could help the poor people not have to be afraid of being homeless people mm. you know i wish we could take some of the fear out of living and the fear out of going to the doctor, the fear out of, you know, what's my grocery bill going to look like, you know, I mean, and then the fact that, you know, we can't, I can't, like, I'm not going to see the therapist because I can't afford to see my therapist. Uh, you know say, what I mean? How, it's like, how in the world are people not supposed to be depressed and anxious out of their fucking mind when they're living in those conditions? Yeah. So it's just one of those things where the world has gone kind of, I don't know, at least this, this, you know, this country seems to be upside down. Um, when I think about like Paul Tillich. Yeah, what, man, I was hoping you'd you get know. to him. Yeah, you know, I think the great thing about, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know what Paul Tillich would, you know, he was the brilliant theologian and philosopher. So I can't tell you what he, his philosophy or the theology would necessarily be. Um, but, this idea of living in a pure acceptance, you know, this, this mm. was talk I just gave about his talk and is, is, is it still comes down to not being separated, you know, like grace sin is, and separation. Is, you know, sin is separation. And so sin is, is political division. As right. he would say, he would say the separation with politics is sin. Racism is sin. Uh, uh, homophobia is sin you know but he would also say like judging conservatives and separating from them is a sin like yes. this separation is the sin it's not 
that we're, you know, it's not necessarily that we're good or bad, but this is just a reunification is, mm. is, is grace. Like how do we reunify, you know, accept each other, Dude, yeah. work with each other. And so I think that is, is part of what Tillich would say is that this is just, this is, this is, this is the sin. And I say, this is what, when you look at separation of sin, I mean, I, I, I was, I said this a few weeks ago, is like the church is just in the sin business. Cause all we do is separate <laughs> all people. the denominations. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's why revolution is called a gathering right now. Because mm. I can't stand how the church acts. I, either side, like sure. conservative church or progressive church. They both are all about like, oh, the other guys are bastards. You know, yeah. so it's all about like separating and scapegoating. And so I've tried to create a place where we don't scapegoat and we don't separate and we don't call each other bastards because we think differently. Mm. That we learn why we think differently and we learn how we see each other differently. Um. And so that's why I'm called to this, this grace idea, but mm. it's through having hard conversations. I think one of the things that, that what I struggles with this is this want to re want to do the reunification with other people is that some people just aren't ready for it and they will turn on you very quickly when you try to make that happen mm. or they will, they're so not used to having an honest conversation that they will read your honesty as, as hostile. You know, so I've had a few people who I've tried to talk to honestly, you know, and 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 about how I feel. And I really felt like they thought I was being hostile when actually mm. I felt like I was being being generous. Yes. You know, but at the same time, I was like, OK, well, you know, maybe I've I've spent too much time reading Hegel and I've read too much time in the, these theology books and these philosophy books that now I'm coming in just talking like, hey, mm. you know, you need to change this and this. And to them, they felt like they were being attacked. Mm. And so, you know, I'm having to, to, to train myself in a way to like maybe take the conversation down a little, a few okay. notches and like, you know, okay, maybe we need to start even from an earlier place, <laughs> but we still have to have these conversations. Sure. Um, but I think we also, you know, what we can do is try not like what I try to do is not make it personal when people, try to have those conversations with me okay and i try to encourage my congregation like don't take these as personal things you know take these as things that we're all working through you know and um it's tough but i've, I've been really grateful to see like people in my in my congregation my gathering having these tough conversations and still being friends yeah you know and still you know having different ideas but also thinking differently about you know, people of religion or people with different convictions than themselves and um, not throwing them out. I mean, one of the good things that Dr. King always said is like, you know, my enemies are not people. They're, 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 it's, it's misinformation. Yes. And that people are victims of misinformation. And so I have to make sure that I'm not a victim of misinformation mm. and try to continually inform myself and learn more and spend time point. trying to understand both sides, you know? Um, and also I have to remember that I, my thing is not to attack the person in front of me. My thing is to try to clear up any misinformation that may be there. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it, it, people don't, you know, people have made their identity based in so many other things. Absolutely. Like, so my identity is my politics or my identity is this. When you my clear identity the misinformation, my, they, they feel like you're yeah. threatening them. Christianity is my identity. 
So, you know, or my sexuality is my identity. So then they think you're being, a, you're attacking them. Right. And that's um, such a good point. That's a real problem, yeah. I think. So we have to be, you know, you have to be gentle. You yeah, know? very and, gentle. And with, with those situations. James, um, can, I, can I ask you this? So, so a couple of weeks yeah. ago, I had this great guy. He actually reached out to me. Uh, he, I guess he really follows, you know, your good friend, Peter Rollins. And, and he yeah. reached out and wanted to be on the podcast. And he wrote a book called A Theology of Consent. But but his big idea that, that, that we explored was when you finally get to the point where you don't want to scapegoat, what you realize is that people will want to really scapegoat that person. <laughs> and that it's really fucking hard to be the person that's in the middle trying to create the peace that, that they usually get killed or, or at least, you know, yeah. scapegoated once again. And so I'm wondering, have you felt that is, is that a part of the burden that you carry is, I is, feel it every day. Okay. You know, and it's hard not to take some of that personally. Sure. When you go like, Oh, I can't feed my kids. If you do, if you destroy me, like it's hard when I see like, people who I would consider like really like bleeding heart liberals mm. basically in their own way threatened to have me canceled if I don't toe a line. And I'm not like, say, I'm not, and I've never like against, I'm saying, no, we're trying to have a conversation. I'm trying to show you that I can see the side of this, the person that you're critiquing as well. Right. And they're going and sharing personal stuff that I've said to them with people online and being taken it out of context and things like that. And it's like, you know, you're trying to destroy me. So it's like, it's hard not to like when some, you know, it's like the fact that we can't, you can't be a peacemaker or you can't. And this was literally me trying to get two people to kind of see each other's differences. Right. right. And instead it was me. I, I became the problem. Mm. Um, I have gone into groups on Twitter and stuff where they were like talking about pastors and how the kids should have to deny their, you know, denounce their father's behavior and things like that. And I went in and said, well, you know, it's a little more complicated than that. You know, these are the kids. And then, you know, I had this woman who was a therapist. Okay? Mm. Jay, you're not helping and you're not welcome in this conversation. Oh. Like a freaking therapist telling me I'm not helping. Even though I've lived through it and I've been there and I've done it and I've done more than just study about it. It's been my life. I was told I wasn't welcome. And so what I find is the biggest kickback, strangely enough, comes from more of the progressive folks. Dude, totally. You know, and they're like, well, we're just angry. And, you know, we're just finally being angry. I'm like, yeah, but you're acting like the conservatives did in the 80s and 90s. You know, Some like of the most just black and white rigid people are those that I've expected to be the most nuanced. Yeah. In the progressive so circles, therapists. It's really tough. It and is, it's not Jay. that I'm trying, it's not that I'm like, I and I don't have anything like I don't have like I'm not trying to twist the knife and I'm not trying to toot my own horn and like oh aren't I wonderful because it's been really hard to get where I'm at mm. you know I've had to read a lot of really tough books I've had to spend a lot of time with people I've had to live through a lot of hell mm. you know so I don't expect everybody to be there but I'll tell you it's tough when people threaten you it's tough when you feel like what I found is is you know Loving your enemy is one thing. Mm. Loving someone else's enemy is dangerous. Ooh. When you love others' enemies, you become their enemy in a lot of ways. And the thing is, is my mom, I think what was great about my mom is she had this kind of 
naive. People read her as being naive, and she wasn't naive. Mm, but people no, she saw wasn't. she kind of played like a Betty Boo, who me, you know, kind of thing, or, or kitschy kind right. of person. And um, so she was able to go to the gay bookstore in the neighborhood and do signings and take pictures That's with great. boys and chaps <laughs> and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then be in the church next week, and they were just like, "Oh, Tammy Faye, she just doesn't know better," you know, because she could love everybody, mm. you know. Unfortunately, because I've spoken so much and done done, done theology and done things like that, people are like, "What, well, Jay? You should know better. You shouldn't mm. be hanging out with the conservatives, and you shouldn't be talking to these or whatever." Each side thinks, you know, you should you should know better, Mister Baker, you know, and um, and that's tough, you know, because tough. you just like. I'm trying to love everybody. I'm trying to give others the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, I really like, okay, I want to use Freud as an example of what I think, you know, Freud wrote really well. Sigmund Freud was a great writer and almost anybody can pick up one of his books who's gone through high school and understand his philosophy. You can listen to it on tape. You know, and like someone reading one of his books and, and, and understand it. And I felt like what Freud was trying to do was not make us not Christian or not. He just wanted us to be healthy and know how our minds work. And he gave it to us in a way that we could all understand. Now, we didn't all read it. We rejected it. Everybody's like, oh, Freud, cocaine and mommy issues. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Freud's brilliant. You know, um, I love Freud. I, I, it's more I've read, the more I understand. It's like, you know, I really like Freud. Um, so everybody can put that in their pipe and smoke it. Um, <laughs> but he, but he was, I felt like he, he brought psychoanalysis to the people. It's just mm. people didn't want it, mm. you know? And I feel like that's what bringing like grace and like non scapegoating is like, it's hard to bring because it's not, you know, you're just trying to bring it to people, but they don't necessarily want it. Or they're so hurt they can't see it, and um, you know it. It gets it gets really tiring living in a in, in the hostility. But you know, but when you think about it, when I think about it, and go like, well, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to help people not live in this hostility. Yes. So I'm going to have to go into the hostility, you know, and maybe on others' behalfs. Um, but I certainly don't feel like I have a martyr thing going on here either no, it's just no. kind of it's kind of the message that got me excited that's led me in to this place like grace got me excited because it was for me and right. then it got me really more excited than it was for others and then when i realized it was even for like my enemies like oh my god it's even for jerry falwell and you know and these other people and oh my god there's no asterisk on grace and grace is like this complete anarchist thing that no one can control and no one can corner because right. it's, it's for everybody you know that made me want to go in and, and, and help other people. And then he really pushed this no scapegoating thing on me, which is really funny because I realized my parents had been scapegoated um, my whole life. So, you know, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Somebody called. I don't know how it came up. I think it was Helen who called. Oh, okay. But so, yeah. So it's like, you know, just kind of building on the work we're doing. But man, it's tough. I feel like we've been all over the place today. Oh, dude, this is but, no, um, no, no, this is great. But I hope people realize what what's what's out of this is that 
honestly, like, I, I think part of it though is, is I guess like there's a, an old MXPX song called I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was thinking about it, like in some ways, you know, maybe it's easier to go in and with these things and say, I'll be the bad guy. If I can just get these people to talk. Yeah. You know, and see Don't the differences think, of each other. Uh, back in the day, I was into a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'm not sure how I feel about yeah. him today, but, you know, he has uh, his yeah. book, Costly Grace. And I know in my more conservative years, it was always like, <laughs> oh, man, you know, I've, I'm going to get persecuted by the liberals or, you know, it's going to be costly because I have to be a moral person in this like immoral yeah. society. But now I see Costly Grace in the vein that you're describing if, if I really don't want to scapegoat. And that's what I would have argued with him, too. I would have said, well, it's not cheap grace. Because yeah. he used to say, to avoid cheap right, grace. Right. I would say, no, it's free grace. It's free grace. And that's the problem is it's for everybody. Yeah. You know, and that's where the work comes in. Mm. Because we see our lives transformed through it. And now you're having to go like, okay, well, you think, you know, there should be guns in every corner and just everybody should go to psychiatrists. Okay. Well, grace is for you too, you know? Mm-hmm. And Hey, yeah, if you want to try it, freaking let me go see, you know, pay for me to go to my analyst, you yeah. know, and and then let's see what happens. And, um, you know, but I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't have all the answers uh, to the, what's going on in society, but the one thing I will try to do is 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 not scapegoat people, and I think mm. hopefully that's what people get from this is that we don't scapegoat each other, and that we don't allow, like in in my in, in revolution I always say like politics aren't you know like we've turned politics into God, and it's sure. a little more deeper when you're doing it from church. Oh, <laughs> it's an idol, brothers and sisters, you know, <laughs> but it's true. It's like don't let like I'd rather be. I don't want politics to get in the way of me loving somebody. Mm. I don't want like politicians like have that much control over me. Mm. I don't want these systems to have this much control. I mean, we're in late stage capitalism and it sucks and we're there for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have to remember like, okay, like, you know, and and maybe we'll, 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 I'll, I'll close with this. Yeah. (laughs) Like as much as like conservatives drive me crazy, you know, like with, with their ideas and like, I can't, you know, their anti-abortion stuff and being anti-gay. I mean, that is horrific and I can't stand it. But I also have to remember, like, it was also Democrats who got rid of a lot of the welfare system in this country mm. and to put in the work and it hasn't worked, you know, and they, they took, took away a lot of welfare that so poor people don't get the help they need, you know, that Bill Clinton put, you know, his crime bill put more poor people in prison than we'd ever have. Now we have over two million people in in, in our prison system. We have yes. the we are the largest prison. We are the largest people in prison in our country than any other. We have more people in our prisons than Russia has in their prisons than any other country has in their prison per capita. We have more people in our prison system. So, you know, and, and that has to do with liberal thinking. You know, so so what I'm saying is is like nobody gets a pass. Right. You know what I mean? It's just some people are against the hot issues right now, but then it's those who are like the subtle issues. You know, it's like, oh yeah, Biden said he wouldn't drill. And what's he doing right now? He's, you yeah. know, he just gave away a lot of land to drill for oil. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, this, these are, these are capitalists. These are, they're all doing the same thing. And what they do is they just play into which to different groups. Mm-hmm. So this is like, well, we'll talk, we'll play to the Christians who don't, who are afraid of the gays and, 
like their guns, so we'll say this. And then the Democrats are like, oh, well, we'll help the gays and we'll fight the guns because we do like this, you know, and they just give us these crumbs to keep us keep us behaving on their side. Mm. And so what happens is we're fighting on the behalf of, I fought on the behalf of the jackass. I fought on the behalf of the donkey. You know what? I'm saying screw that, man. Mm. Like that's not punk rock, you know? It's like, it's so funny. I remember seeing people like when, when, when uh, Johnny Rotten, who's from the Sex Pistols, wore, yeah. a, wore, a, wore a Make America Great shirt again. Everybody said he wasn't punk rock. And I'm like, when did like, what politics make you punk rock or not punk rock you know like when is that like how do we decide like you're telling me the guy who started the sex pistols we get to decide if he's punk or not yeah no 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 he decides if we're punk or not you know (laughs) like that's johnny freaking rotten you know so it's it's um you know and like we're gonna let this system just you know separate us like and then you go and then then you look at the guy's life and you go like oh he takes care of his 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 sick wife who's mm. suffering from de- in the late stages of dementia. Oh, he raised his grandkids that weren't even his like biological grandkids as his own children. Oh, he did that butter commercial because he wanted to pay for his album so he didn't have to be into the record industry. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you start to look deeper into things, you go, oh, you know, oh, he thinks this way because he's he grew up working class. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well, you know, so there you go. And you go, well, we might not agree, but I'm not going to let uh, my, my alliance isn't my alliances are more to like knowing who this guy is right who changed my life than it is to like a donkey the golden donkey or the golden you know right golden elephant so anyway dude i just thank no you time for that no no thank you you're welcome and you know so and we can communicate offline but but maybe we can continue to have these conversations where we get into maybe practical ways we can help people think about not scapegoating. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Because, I, I mean, I, I want help with that. I, I want to yeah, kind of help people that. with that. So let's just continue the conversation, man. Rants on not scapegoating or something yes. like that. Yes, I like that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. I'd love to connect with you. Whether that means you sign up for therapy or you send me an email asking a question or maybe even explore what it would look like to get on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is to find me on my website at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. Or you can just Google me. And there you'll find my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. You can also go to the website of the practice I work at, 
where I'm the Leeds Men's Counselor. That's katiecounselingformen.com. I hope that you guys are inspired by what we explore today. And as always, continue the conversation. Mm-hmm.